Now, Scotland's talking. Call 0333 2020 401 and join the debate. Sunday morning, this is Scotland's Talking. I'm Ali Bally. Very good morning to you. Thank you for your company. As always, we're here through until midday. And on the programme today, I want to know if parts of your neighbourhood are no-go areas because of needles, syringes and all the other mess left by drug addicts. It's getting beyond joke now. It's getting to the stage whenever I go out for a walk with my dog or down the high seat. I'm kind of expecting to find something now, you know. If there are 700 needles that have been uplifted in a particular area... That's 700 threats to people's health and well-being. We're going to be hearing about the experiences of people living in one area of Dundee. And I'd like you to tell me what it's like where you live and what could be done about it. Also on the programme, as an MSP tries to get a law through the Scottish Parliament to protect shop workers from abuse, we're asking whether Scotland has got an anger management problem. Our colleagues are here to provide great customer service to our customers. They don't turn up for work expecting to be abused. I don't think anyone does. So yes, it has a, has a major impact on them personally. And after the so-called flaggate row this week, we're going to take a look at why some people get so passionate about it. Do you care which piece of cloth is flying, where and when? All coming up between now and midday on Scotland's Talking. Here's the number to join us, 0333 2020 401. You're listening to Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talking. We're going to start this morning by looking at something which blights communities right across Scotland. Discarded needles and the impact that drug addiction has on our doorsteps. Now, to help put the issue into context, our reporters have been looking closely at the situation in one area, Lockie in Dundee. People living there are telling us their public spaces are becoming no-go zones because they are terrified they'll come into contact with dirty needles. Miles McCallum has been speaking to our reporter Hazel Martin and told her he's at his wit's end. It's uh, getting beyond joke now, to be honest. Uh, it's getting to the stage whenever I go out for a walk with my dog or down the high seat, I'm kind of expecting to find something now, you know. It's just kind of really irresponsible behaviour from... These people, um, um, I'll have no stigma uh, against people who have addictions, stuff like that. Everyone's going through their own thing and that, you know. Uh, that's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is the antisocial behaviour that goes along with it. Like, total disregard to anyone else's safety, you know. It's getting a bit of a norm and that's what scares me, I think. I know that there's been a lot of pushing to kind of try and get things cleaned up. And you were actually saying, um, you were, you were kind of phoning and trying to get someone to, to, to clean up, as it were. Um, yeah, uh-huh, that's right. I was, um, a couple of Sundays ago, I was out walking my wee dog um, up past Athol Street. Um, kind of, there's a wee path that goes between Athol Street and there's actually a, a family uh, centre, uh, council run family centre there. Walking up there and in the long grass, there was a needle, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't make it up, you know. And yeah, it was quite difficult to find the right people to come and lift it. Uh, take it away, you know, I didn't want to just leave it, uh, which I'm glad I never, because I would say I waited about an hour and a half for it to get uh, picked up, and in that time, you know, there was at least half a dozen kids, people with their dogs walking past, kicking the football right past it, you know, and at least I was there to be able to say, you know, keep away from it, you know. Uh, these people, you know, that are living with this on their doorstep, on their clothes, this is 
on go for years now, you know, and hopefully we're going to get something done about it. Sean Riley has also been telling us about his experiences. It used to be a very good place to stay, and over the past eight to ten years, it's gradually deteriorated because of people with addiction problems, whether it be drugs or alcohol or whatever they're dependent on. Progress has been made, but it's, I find it wrong. It's taken over ten years, and we've had to get together as a community to force the council and actually doing something. There's kids on my land in, there's four of the houses have got dogs. It's like you're a prisoner in your own house to an extent. If you, if you come home from your work and all that's on the stairs, you're basically a prisoner in your house. How, how do you get your pets down the stairs? Or how do you get kids down the stairs past that without endangering yourself? Charlie Malone is a Labour councillor for the area and told us he's worried that someone will be seriously hurt before the problem is addressed. In Lockheed we had between April and, and where we are just now, over 700 discarded needles being uplifted in the Lock area, which is about three times the number of the next highest area, which was the city centre. If there are 700 needles that have been uplifted in a particular area, that's 700 threats to people's health and well-being. And so we have to take that as seriously as we do of the rehabilitation support we offer. That support has to be provided for the residents as well. There are residents in parts of Lock A who are scared to leave their homes and let their grandchildren play in their closets because they're seeing drugs paraphernalia. And they're terrified that a child will pick up a needle or a dog will stand on a needle. So there's a real problem. Unless we realise that there is a danger that there's parts of Dundee being left behind, we will not deal with the drugs issues that are in our communities. So what has the council got to say about it then? We put those points to the leader of the authority, John Alexander, and this is what he had to say. We obviously do community consultation. Uh, we have a huge array of feedback from the community in every single locality in Dundee. And obviously drug and alcohol misuse is a particular issue right across the city, irrespective of whether it's this ward or uh, my own ward. Uh, we've done a number of things over the years, and again, it's, you know, there's a number of different aspects that we've invested heavily in new security systems, CCTV systems, particularly in our multi-stories. We've looked at secure entry systems uh, to make sure that we can secure those, uh, you know, those closed sale areas. Uh, we ballot um, properties, particularly where there are council tenants, to make sure that we can deliver that. Uh, so those are two things. We've also co-located many of our community safety functions. So uh, the police, community safety, night noise nuisance team, and its social behaviour team are all co-located in our housing office uh, within the council. And that means that the, the conversations happen immediately. It means that we can identify and share intelligence on particular issues. So we're trying to pull our resources together to work much more effectively to challenge those issues. But, I, you know, make no bones about it, it's a real challenge. And obviously we can't always identify who those individuals are or where they live. Um, but where we can, we do. And where we uh, know there's a particular issue, we try and invest or address the security issue. So, you know, there's a number of different things. But ultimately, it's about track, tackling drug misuse. And that's the bottom line. John Alexander, leader of Dundee City Council, talking there to Hazel Martin. So that's the situation in one part of Dundee. But tell me, what's it like where you live? And what do you want done about it? This has been going on, as, as one of our uh, 
guest there said it's been going on for just 10 years in, in that area, you know, and, and really, has there been any progress over the last 10 years as far as um, needles, etc., concerned? And I, and I was, um, you know, listening there to Miles McCallum, who said that everybody, you know, is dealing with their own problems and there are those who have addictions and he's not having a go because somebody's got addictions, and you know, and their addictions come in various things in various ways. Smoking is an addiction, drinking is an addiction, drugs, drug abuse is an addiction, but there are those who are irresponsible with all of those things, and surely it is irresponsible uh, to, to have needles and just to discard them, just to leave them lying in housing areas, to leave them lying in um, landings of, of flats or whatever. Uh, that surely is irresponsible. But we heard there from um, John Alexander, as I said, as to what Dundee City Council, all these people are all working together. That's all very well. But 700 needles have still been found in that area. So is it working? Is it working where you are? And if it is, what are they doing? What is it that you're doing in your area that is working for you? Or indeed, is it not working at all anywhere across Scotland? Are we really seeing any progress at all? What are your thoughts? O treble three twenty twenty four oh one is the number. You can also text, and the text number is six one zero five four. Start your message with Ali. Email Ali at the greatest hits dot co dot uk and hashtag Twitter. It's hashtag Scotland's talking. Get in touch. Let me know what you think. Scotland's talking. The podcast. Chris has been in touch. Chris, thank you very much indeed through social media. He says, well, well, I presume it's he. I could be wrong. But uh, Chris says, um, regarding discarded needles, etc., is it not just all part of the, the attitude that we have regarding drugs these days? We've given up. We've handed it over to those who control drugs. And needles being thrown about is just part of it. We have given up. There is no action being taken at all. Well, I'd probably disagree with you slightly there because we, we did hear uh, from John Alexander, and I don't think, and he, he's leader of Dundee City Council, and I don't think he's any different from anybody, any other uh, council who are taking action and think they're taking the right actions, but um, are they? You know, we're hearing of that area in Dundee that we're talking about uh, where 700 needles were, were found, which was, um, you know, double the, the, the nearest area. So, you know, so they are just being found. It's coming down to how do you educate those who just want to throw the needles away and just don't think of the children. They think of um, dogs who go out and walking in the grass and they get their paws stung with needles that are just discarded. So it, it's back to that education thing. But uh, Chris, thank you. He thinks we've given up and just the fact that uh, we're giving up in the whole drug thing and just letting it get out of control. Well, it is out of control, is it not? You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. If you were listening to the first show of the year, we were discussing how the NHS was coping with the winter crisis. Now, you might remember this call from Jimmy Murray from Kilmarnock, who told us the story of how he was treated when his hip replacement operation at Crosshouse Hospital was cancelled as he was waiting to go into theatre. About seven in the morning, a porter came in and he said, I don't think you're getting your operations today because there's, there's a lot of traumatised people. Now... 
I don't know, it traumatises what I would think would be a big accident, etc., etc., something like that. But anyway, it was people who had slipped in the street and hurt themselves. Anyway, that's all we got for a wee while. And then one of the admin came, staff came in, and it was as if he was addressing a bunch of soldiers waiting in a campaign. That's it, and you'll have to get ready and get out quick. Now, that is the attitude. Right? And I said, no, wait a wee minute. There is no time. These people have got to be attended to. And that was it. That was all of it. And we just shepherded out. And I, to be quite honest, even the nurses at the nurse centre, you know, outside the ward, even the nurses there, were, they seemed as if they were embarrassed to even look at us mm-hmm. because it, it seemed you were just flung out of it. Well, there's a happy ending to the story. Jimmy has now had his operation, and he recorded this message for us from his hospital bed with his daughter, Vicky. Hello, Ali. I'm feeling a lot better than I did before. As I see it, now I'm feeling much, much better. Now, the hip is not the least bit sore, but the legs are sore. But that's we put an extra strain on the legs. And apart from everything else, it's, it's, it's going... Well, well, I know, I feel it, it's going to be all right. It's going to be, I'll be back to walking again, but I think it'll be a long process. Now, the morning of your operation, you were sitting here waiting. It must have been a nervous wait because of the weather outside. I, I, the truth was, I had every, I was going to say it, I said, every phone that rang, I said, well, this is it. My, my, and it actually did, because they keep checking your blood pressure. My blood pressure's definitely getting slowly up. Up. Only about one or two, but it was still going up. Now, I know you've said before that the, the nursing care in here is fantastic, uh, and it's, it's been all the admin and the red tape oh, around about it. What, what would you say to the people in charge? Would you say that they need to be more focused on patient care rather than crunching numbers? The, the patient care, well, it's not the admin or the patient care. The patient care is the nursing staff, and they are angels. I can't say one bad word about them. The, I saw in the paper the other day about hospital food. Hospital food was blooming great. I said, and I, I've never had a bad meal in any hospital. The meals are good. We're a big enough country to be able to, uh, to prepare for bad winters. We're always getting caught out in the winters. What are you most looking forward to when you can get back up on your feet? Have that drink. <laughs> <laughs> Quite right as well. Jimmy Murray there from Kilmarnock um, winding up his story. And uh, thanks to Vicky for uh, taking the recorder and, and recording him as well. Thanks, J- Jimmy, for uh, getting in touch and letting us know it was now all sorted and have uh, uh, an easy recovery, hopefully, recuperation. Don't try and uh, move too quickly. Just take it easy. Uh, right, OK, we've been um, uh, getting some Twitter. Twitter? There's no such word as uh, no, no, <laughs> tweets. tweets. We're getting some of them in, um, and on the the drug situation, Saul's been looking at them, right? So what do you got? Quite a few coming in this morning, and Ronnie says the mess left in the community isn't created by addicts alone. So why focus on one small group? And Kenny agrees with Ronnie. We've got another one here. He says Ronnie is right. Although drug misuse is a big problem, dog fouling is as bad. Not to mention antisocial behaviour, especially during the holiday periods when schools and colleges are on holiday. 
And another one here from David, he says, there's a lane behind a Glasgow city centre restaurant which has needles all over it. I deliver to these places and this lane is horrendous. Blood, syringes and needles all over the place. So it's obviously a place that's used. Um, OK, that's we're, we're talking earlier and still talking about uh, the problem with discarded needles and the impact drug addiction has on our doorsteps. Uh, and, and we were quoting and listening to some excerpts from problems that are happening in an area of Dundee and Lockheed. But is it the same where you are in Scotland? Let us know. Uh, as I say there, um, so give us the ways you can get in contact. Text 61054, start your message with Ali or call us on 033-2020-401 and tweet us at Scotland's Talking using the hashtag Scotland's Talking. Somebody asked me last week after you'd been on if you were 12. Oh. <laughs> oh. I just sort of throw that in. Uh, yes, he looks 12. Uh, look 12. <laughs> you look 12, yeah. It's not your fault, is it? No. <laughs> Listen, you're never too early to get somebody started. That's what I say, right? OK, don't want him just sitting answering the phones all the time. But, you know, if you would like to get in touch, then uh, he is answering the phones and your tweeters. Tweets as well. I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not a twit. You see, I don't use. Twi- <laughs> that's how I look after it. Yeah, that's it. That's right. I haven't a clue what I'm doing on it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. So, oh, treble three twenty twenty four oh one is the number. Here's another one that comes in actually on um, text here. Morning. Where I live has become a place of drug activity. Not so much of syringes being left on the ground, but dealing in drugs. It used to be a nice place to live, but as people are being rehoused, it's becoming not a very nice place. And police are never away from the area. Don't see why I should move, uh, move as I'm not the one causing the problems. Right, but what are you going to do, though? What, what, what are you going to, you know, you're just going to sit there and accept it, or indeed, is there something that your council are going to do about it? I, I, I'm with you. I'd agree. Why, sh- why should you move? And regarding the other comments, you know, the other social issues that we're talking about, dog fouling and things like that, that's saying that why focus on uh, drug addicts because we, or drug problems, because that's what we're talking about. I don't know how many times we've talked about in the years that I've been on the show about dog fouling uh, is a mess. And, and there are, I think we're better off now than we were a few years ago as far as dog fouling is concerned. Um, a lot of people, responsible dog owners, do actually lift it and, and bag and bin it, etc. Um, or we wouldn't be getting complaints about dog bins being overflowing, you know, because they are sometimes. Councils don't get to them quick enough and they, they are overflowing, particularly over the Christmas and New Year period. And and if if people weren't lifting the dog fouling as, as they didn't do about five years ago, then we wouldn't have these overflowing dog bins. So it's a, it's a, a success on that, I think. But I see see where you're going. But we're actually talking about um, the, the danger of... Uh, needles being left lying around and how it is in your area. Here's one that comes in that says, I don't know what the answer is with discarded needles or indeed dog fouling and indeed drink driving, using mobile phones when driving. You know, there's just so much going on at the moment that's wrong. We're not going to stop it. It's very sad. Take all these things, just do what saying. Dog fouling, drink driving, using mobile phones when driving, any other thing. Thank you for that. Sorry you don't know. You don't say who you are. Uh, have we, as a nation, here's another subject that I, I thought, so the last couple of weeks, and particularly over the Christmas, there was a lot of stories about emergency services being attacked 
and, you know, getting abuse. Uh, so I wanted to bring it in then, and then I find out this Labour MSP uh, has got behind it regarding uh, short workers. So it sort of brought it all together. I'm asking the question, in Scotland, have we got an anger management problem? You know, is it the, you know, I'm not having this. Posing that question because this week a Labour MSP has started moves to give shop workers greater protection from abusive customers. Daniel Johnson is launching his bill at Holyrood, saying violent incidents are at a 10-year high. With more, here's our political correspondent, Alan Smith. Well, it's just a normal morning here at the Edinburgh supermarket as staff go about their daily business of serving customers, but all too often they're becoming victims of abuse. Every day, 34 workshop workers in Scotland are, are abused or assaulted. And I think it's time to say enough is enough, that we have to put an end to that, that nobody should have to put up with violence or abuse is just part of the job. That's Labour MSP Daniel Johnson, who's planning to lodge a bill at the Scottish Parliament. It would see a specific offence created targeting anyone who abuses or assaults staff selling age-restricted items such as alcohol or cigarettes. Jim McFedris is the head of profits and protection at ScotMid and he says asking people for ID can often be a flashpoint. We, on an almost daily basis, find that our staff are being abused when they're trying to do their, their, their job. So, for instance, you know, when they're doing uh, age-restricted sales, selling restricted products, they are, the fact that they have to sometimes refuse people and people can take offence at that, and you know we're finding that in some cases it's turning to abuse. Latest figures show attacks on retail workers are at a 10-year high. Stuart Forrest from the Shop Workers Union, Asda, says it has a devastating effect on staff. The impact's uh, horrendous. I mean, their morale is down. Some people are telling us they're getting stressed, they're getting feet of the scared, they're doing their job, and basically they're only doing what they're asked of by the employer who's carrying out what the government's saying, that we've got to challenge these people and purchase on certain things. A consultation's now been launched on these plans and will run until the 20th of April. Isn't that an amazing statistic there? Every day, 34 shop workers are abused or assaulted in Scotland. Every day. But it's not just shop workers who have become targets. A couple of weeks ago, figures were published showing attacks on emergency service workers at a three-year high. Incidents are running at the rate of more than 17 a day for emergency services. Bus drivers, railway staff, they could tell you the same stories. So what is it that's making us lose our cool? Have you been on the receiving end yourself? What, what, what was your experience? Why? You know, if you're, if you're part of any of those services I've just mentioned there, working in a shop or, or you know, or, or indeed on the railways, on the buses or whatever, uh, you know, what's been your experience? I heard once that um, it was a bus company uh, within a certain city in Scotland who there were various runs that they didn't put the drivers on for any more than two days in a row, particularly early evenings because they were targeted by gangs throwing stones and bricks at the windows and buses. And they were stressed by the time they got through the, the particular housing estate. Is that true, really? I don't know because you're right, you know, when am I on a bus? Very rarely. Anyway, I've got the bus pass now, so I'll start to use it. Have you been that person who has lost control in a situation? Can you tell us how and why it happens? 
obviously, you don't have to give us your name if you don't want to, but just looking for the experience, because it is wrong that people going to work every day, whether they work in a shop, in a supermarket. And, you know, I know there are many people who get asked their age, you know, or proof of age and think it's ridiculous, you know. But if, you know, <laughs> somebody asked me for proof of age, I'd be going, right, I OK, there you are, simply because they're following the rules. And sometimes in shops or places like that, you do get a job's worth and you think to yourself, oh, for goodness sake, rearrange these words, life getter, you know, that, that type of person. Um, and it can, you know, get the red hackles up, I think. But um, is, is it right that nursing staff in a hospital uh, never mind just accident emergencies and wards as well can get uh, abuse thrown at them uh, by patients, by visitors to patients. Uh, we're talking about uh, the fire service again when fire service get called out to something. Should they be actually thinking to themselves as they arrive trying to save people whether it be a small fire, a big one or whatever should they be thinking to themselves are we going to be safe going into this? Paramedics, same situation. Are they? That's what they think. You know, they may have to sit outside a home and wait before they go in. Wait on the police arriving to 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 see them in safely. Is that that right? And does it just happen in Scotland? And in shops, as I say, um, abuse thrown at shop workers. Uh, Thirty-four abused or assaulted every day. Uh, according to uh, Daniel Johnson, who's uh, launching his bill at Holyrood, saying violent incidents are at a 10-year high. So why are they at a 10-year high? John Carr's here. Hi, John. How are you? Good morning, Ali. Morning. Um, I can tell you, or I can give you my opinion on especially supermarkets, um, working with the public every day, um, I notice people coming out the supermarkets and they're angry. And the reason why they're angry is they're going into supermarkets, Ali, and they're seeing the cost of living rise in front of them on a weekly basis. Bread, milk, basic amenities are rising four pence, five pence, 15 pence, 20 pence weekly. Now, it's become that noticeable. So it is a place where I have noticed that when people come out, they're angry at the supermarket. Uh, I pick them up all the time, and it's one of the first things you say is, I can't believe the price of that's going up. I can't. So I, I personally think that their venom is getting taken out on the people who represent the supermarket. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the, the people in the checkout. Now, maybe it's a theory, I don't know, Ali, that people are rebelling and... They're rebelling against a uniform. They see a uniform and they think, that's the government, that's authority. Uniform, authority, I'm not happy with them. Um, I've seen the abuse in hospitals. I don't agree with it. I don't understand it, to be honest. But I find that, well, in my experience, it's been mostly uh, drug users that are, can seem to be, if they're not getting what they want, a lot of the times they're in the hospital alley and they're, they're looking for a quick fix. And if they're not getting it, they're not happy. But it's the very same thing in the taxi game. When when they come in to your cab and they're looking for whatever they're, they're trying to get and they don't get it, it's you that pays the penalty for it. 
So, I, I mean, I feel that the public in general have got a great cloud because everything's going up farm wages. Every week it's becoming a time, not even yearly, no weekly, it's becoming a bigger struggle. And this is how it's affecting people. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. A very good morning to you. Thank you so much for your calls and your uh, texts in particular. Getting quite a few texts in regarding uh, are we an angry nation? Uh, we got an anger management problem uh, on the back of um, the, the uh, uh, Daniel Johnson who's launching a bill at Holyrood saying violent incidents are at a 10-year high every day. 34 shop workers are abused or assaulted in Scotland. We'll come back to some of your uh, comments in a few moments' time. Uh, also asking the question, why do flags get us so hot under the collar? A political row raged for days because of a claim that the Scottish government had changed its policy on when the Union flag could be flown. Now, borrowing a phrase from someone she doesn't normally have a lot in common with, First Minister Nicola Sturgeon branded it fake news. Eventually, she received an apology from the Daily Mail. The First Minister explained that nothing had changed. It's just that the official policy, now that's the bit written down on paper, was being updated to reflect what has been happening in practice for many years. And, of course, her predecessor, Alex Hammond, he came into the fore as well, confirmed that it was he who changed things back in 2010 when he asked the Queen if she would object to the Scottish Government flying the Lion Rampart rather than the Union flag on royal occasions. The official policy is that the Union flag must be flown on Remembrance Day. He dismissed reports that Nicola Sturgeon had changed anything as complete piffle. Well, my question for you is, does it really matter? Do you care about what flag is flying on which flagpole and when? Dr Douglas Chalmers is Senior Lecturer in Media and Journalism at Glasgow Caledonian University, an expert on national identities, and good to have him back on the programme again. Very good morning to you, Doug. How are you? Uh, I'm very good. Thanks very much for, for asking me. Not at all. Now, why do we get hyped up about this? It was a story about nothing, really, wasn't it? Well, strong words from Alex Salmond, eh? Um, complete piffle, yes. indeed. <laughs> well, um, but you're right. You know, flag, flags do mean things to, to people. They're, I think they're a sign of identity, and that it really says something. Your identity says something about the values you have and the type of person you are or the type you want to be. So they can be very important for some people, and we've seen that in Northern Ireland and so on. But for me, I would say the, the issue that we should always remember is that um, identity, national identity, is often built on myths. Um, uh, you know, myths that are very comforting, you might say, but nevertheless, they, they, they don't always have much um, linked to reality, a wee bit like the Daily Mail story, you might say. So if you take Scottish history, uh, for instance, uh, historian Marinella Ash once talked about Scottish history for most people. She says it's like, you know, it's like a misty glen with mountain tops rising through the mist. And, and these mountain tops have names like Robert the Bruce, Bannockburn, Culloden, William Wallace, Rabbi Burns, and so on. So people have quite a hazy idea of the past, but they cling to it because they, we think it helps us make sense of the reality today. So, for instance, the, the, one of the Scottish ones is that we are, always, we are a nation always struggling against a more powerful opponent. And I think that's 
But it's the same with flags. They're part of that myth. Now, for this particular um, instance, uh, I don't think most Scots would know the, the, the different significance of the, the line rampant and the, the saltire. Um, all of them are uh, British flags. The saltire is part of the Union Jack, you know, behind, yeah, that's part of the blue mm-hmm. and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think the, the particular spot though, between the line rampant uh, and the saltire grips uh, most people. They would notice, however, if the saltire was, was absent uh, and so on. And I think the reason the Daily Mail were pushing it, like the Telegraph as well, Daily Telegraph, because their own identity and their values are ones of promoting the ideas of monarchy and hierarchy with everyone happily in their place. And maybe they thought this was Nicola Sturgeon getting a bit uppity with um, her betters. I, I'm not quite sure what their motivation was, but it might have been something like that. Well, it stirred some action, didn't it? I mean, it got them all uh, shouting at various uh, MSPs of particular political suasions, jumped on the bandwagon without uh, really... Without knowing checking what... the facts. Aye, you know, aye, sort of uh, opened their mouth and let their bellies rumble, really. I, I think that's right. I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what Ruth Davidson uh, says because she she also took up this this myth and and things like this. Um, I'll tell you though, Ali, one thing that I one thing that explains I think why it was able to be such an important issue is, you know, well, the BBC in particular still pushes uh, the idea of the royal family more than anyone. Else, I was astonished. I mean, I'm quite—I think I'm quite well read, but I was astonished to find from the BBC website recently that we still have a, a, a Princess Eugenie. Um, and I thought, really, it sounds like something out of War and Peace or the the Russian Tsar. But there's a story there. I think it was uh, her boyfriend had proposed or yes, something like that. I mean, I was big story this I, week I, on the BBC. Well, I wasn't personally enthralled, I must say. But, you know, that's why the Daily Mail and the Telegraph are able to do that, because one of our big media establishments, the BBC, you know, floods us with uh, stories about the monarchy, and, of course, the flag was linked to that. Right, right. But going back to the comment you were talking about there, about the uh, looking back in history, and we have this image of the mist on the glens and, and the Aye. mountains, etc., is, the, is it just Scotland? Is it just the Scots that that think of their country like this? Because we we are, you know, when when we when we're um, out and about, if we're in different countries, we seem to want to come back home again. You know, we always have this Scottish thing, and you know that, that we, Scotland is our home and and it's a great country. Is it is it just Scotland that looks like looks through looks Scots look at Scotland with uh, rose tinted glasses? No, I don't think so. I mean, by the way, I personally think it's a great country and I mm-hmm. always want to come home when I'm down south or whatever. No, I think um, when you look at history, there almost, I would say, every country has a myth about um, uh, their past, you know, America, about the, the, the wild frontier and so on. And they don't mention about what happened to Native Americans uh, and, and, and so on. Um, every country links to, to myths, like the one... Let's say Culloden, the, the, the popular myth is that this was the, the Scots versus the English, when in fact it wasn't. It was a battle of two uh, two, part, two different royal families who wished to be 
the rulers here and in the, the, the terrible things, the horrible things that happened at Culloden, um, you know, there were Scots on both sides and so on. But the, the myths we identify with are ones that might justify what we are doing. So I think if Scotland is a modern nation and it's forward-looking and it has socially progressive values, which I think it does, and that explains sometimes why we go for um, the, the connections to the past that, that we have. Some of them are not all true, but if they help the narrative, if they help cement and solidify the type of progressive and just country we want, then I think they're doing a, a good uh, job. But it can be negative as well as we see elsewhere. Mm. So will this, this row on Flaggate just disappear then? Well, uh, I think this one will disappear. What I hope doesn't disappear is the way the Daily Mail has essentially uh, embarked on using false news. Um, I think that that, show, you know, people that, that don't check their facts and, and peddle something, it looks like for politically motivated ends, that needs to continue. And, and they need to, um, to apologise a bit more and have a look at that, what they're really doing. I mean, the mistake there is something that surely is taught on every uh, journalism course. Uh, check your and check and check. That's right, check your facts. To say that the, the line rampant is somehow a Scottish flag, when in fact it's, it's the monarch's flag. You know, so it's as, as British as the Union Jack. But the Daily Mail says, oh, this is Scottish nationalist, uh, a, sim a Scottish nationalist symbol. I mean, they just didn't check, and that is sloppy. We don't want that. As always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much Thank indeed you. for joining us. Not Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dr Douglas Chalmers, Senior Lecturer in Media and Journalism at Glasgow Caledonian University. And as I say, an expert on national identities. Uh, 18 minutes now after 11. Just a, a reminder that if you'd like to give us your comments as to whether the flag being flown is... is, is uh, does it matter? Did you agree with what uh, Douglas Chalmers was saying there? Get in touch. It's 0333 That's the phone number. Or you can text 61054. Start your message with Ali. Got a few texts coming in. And email ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk. And, of course, it's hashtag Scotland's Talking on Twitter as well. You're listening to Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talking. Good to have your company as always. It is indeed Scotland's Talking. I'm Ali Bally and we've been talking about uh, various things today, talking about uh, discarded needles and the impact drug addiction has on our doorsteps. We've also been talking about uh, anger management. Have we in Scotland got an anger management problem? Uh, Daniel Johnson is launching his bill at Holyrood saying violent incidents are at a 10-year high and he started moves to give shop workers greater protection from abusive customers but is that just stopping at shop workers should there not be more than that um, we've also been talking flags um, here's one that comes in from David and David says Scotland is unfortunately a violent boorish country politicians make excuses for the drug infested cities why don't they target the Mr. Biggs rather than media-driven raids on tenement small-time drug dealers? Anyone abusing any individual 
can be charged with existing laws. So this is uh, moving on to uh, this bill we're talking about, anger management. He says that the MP Daniel Johnson is just another politician trying to make headlines. And as far as the drug situation is concerned, David says, abolish the methadone racket. It costs millions. And the only people to benefit are pharmacies. Get rid of the dealer of drugs and crime will fall dramatically. <sighs> yeah, but how do you get rid of the dealers of drugs? I mean, that, surely that is the question. If it was as easy as that, David, um, it would have been done. It's easy to sit down and give your comments, but I appreciate them. Thank you for getting in touch. But to abolish the methadone racket, it's costing millions. What would then happen, David, to those who are dependent on methadone? Thanks for your call, uh, your comments, anyway. Uh, Philip, hello. Very good morning, Ali. How morning. I'm good, thank you. Right, this nonsense about the flags, it's, to me it's just a storm in a teacup, Ali. Right. Mischief-making. Mm -hmm. Sensationalism. Mischief-making and sensationalism. I certainly go with the mischief-making. I think it was very much mischief-making. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is uh, an attempt, you know. Which, which, part, which Daily Mail was it? Was it the Scottish, was it the Scottish paper or the English one? Um, I don't know, actually. I don't know. Um, I, I, I kind of see the Scottish Daily Mail doing something like this. Right. I think it must have been in the Scottish one, or, or it wouldn't have attracted the attention it did. Well, and anyway, I, I didn't see the point in it. I mean, last time I looked, Scotland was still part of the United Kingdom, so why shouldn't the Union flag be flown? Mm -hmm. Does it matter to you whether it's the Union flag, the saltire, or the lion rampant? I was born in Scotland, Alley, right? As far as I know, Scotland is, is part of Great Britain, the United Kingdom. Right. Mm -hmm. I've got a, I don't have a Scottish passport, I've got a UK passport. I don't have a Scottish driving licence, and I've got a UK driving licence. As far as I'm concerned, that says it all. I'm, I was born in Scotland, but I regard myself as British. OK, thank you very much indeed, Philip, for making his point quite clear there. That, uh, and, he, and he has done before on the programme, quite rightly as well. If that's what he wants to say, that's it. Uh, if you've got your say... Or treble three, twenty twenty four oh one. You've got something you want to talk about? Uh, Jean's in Irvine. Hello, Jean. Hi, Ali. How are you? I'm all right. Good, good, good. Right, what do you want to get off your chest then? Ali, I would really love to get off my chest. I've, I've said this a thousand times. I was an auxiliary nurse up at uh, Asia Central. And I was assaulted by a 92-year-old with total dementia. Now, Mr Lovely Alistair Darwin was health secretary at the time. And I get no compensation. I end up having to get a laminectomy and I could go paralysed at any time. Now, Alistair Darwin, when we fought it through uh, the Brian Donahoe, um, Mr Darwin told me that I got £6.93 a month danger money and to go on that. Right. Um, so I'm glad the government's changing their mind. But it doesn't help people like myself or anybody else in the health service or any other service, whether it be shops or whatever. It doesn't help us now. But something is being done about it, isn't it? I mean, that surely well, that's the main thing. That's the main thing, yeah. 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 But it must yeah. be very difficult when you go to work trying to care for people and then 
I mean, we've been talking about those who deliberately abuse um yeah, but staff, that baby woman didn't know she was not Exactly, that's Alice. just what I was coming to, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And for to turn around and say charge of assault, mm-hmm. I mean, what can I find that today? Charge somebody with dementia or assault. Well, you would have turned out to be the bad one then. Oh, I would have, but I wouldn't have done it. No. Do you uh-huh. know, I, I didn't do it. And then when she died a fortnight later, they told me to sue her estate. Baby woman had nothing, Alice. Mm-hmm. I was taking her in stuff. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's me, it's tough on the price. And do you do you still have uh, ex-colleagues or colleagues still in the health service? Do you still know people that are there? Does that still my sister, go My sister. Right. Does that still go I've on? Does, yes. Is there, is there more abuse now than there was oh, many years ago? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I'm retired for 11 years and it's still going on. Mm-hmm. It's still going on. Amy, I, I feel sorry for Amy as well because they've got the police there as well now. But there's needing to be more done for uh, the health service, I think. Isn't it not a just sad... the health service, but no. everything all around. But is it not a sad state of affairs that they've got to have police in A&E to protect the staff? That's it. You know, That's pe- society, though. Yeah, but why will it society get like that? And I don't I, know, Alan. You know, I know, I know. I, I don't know. I don't have the answers either. I just, you know, no. we do seem to be this angry nation. I've got, yeah. I've got somebody in here. Um, where is it? There's a, a. I don't want to. Is someone suggesting that um, people are like this uh, because angry because of drugs? But it's, you know, it's it's not just drugs, is it? It's alcohol no, as well. Everything. Yeah. Everything. I, I even agreed with your taxi driver when he said that with the price of inflation going up every day and people getting angry because, as he says, the money doesn't go up. Yeah, yeah. So they come uh, come out of fear and want to take their frustration out on somebody. That's it. Yeah. That's it, Ali. Okay, Jean. Thank you for that. <coughs> thank you, uh, John. Good morning. Uh, good morning, Ali. How are you this morning? Um, tickety boo. Yes, thank you. Yourself? Okay. Are you keeping well? Well, still alive, but it's the main thing. <laughs> no, well, it's a, it's a, <laughs> you'll, get, you'll get there, John, don't worry. <laughs> no, it's about the flags, Ali. Now, as a proud Scotsman who won the title of Mr Scotland, I mean, I won the title of Mr Scotland, who's a former Black Watch soldier uh, as well, and a proud of her flag. I mean, St Andrew, I'm a Christian as well, <laughs> and St Andrew was crucified in that cross, so that's a part of that. And down in England, they have this St. George and the Dragon. Now, I'm trying to think, St. George and the Dragon, who, where's this dragon come in? And who was St. George? I mean, there's a, a dragon there, but the, the flag that, that, I, that I respect is the, our own flag. Definitely. Because it is our flag which denotes Scotland. A proud country which has got a tremendous history, which gets overwhelmed by other things. It's always down in England that... It's happened in the royal, whatever, you know. So, to me, Scotland is, is my flag. Mm-hmm. And that's but, that's the one you identify with. Well, well, I would say it's identified because, as a Christian, Saint Andrew died in that cross. Right. Saint George, the one who did think with Saint George, I'm trying to think, where's this dragon coming? Saint George and the dragon, and what happened? Where about it? And down in England, the fly the same flag, and then we have the own national anthem, Mali. Flower of Scotland. When we play rugby this next Saturday, we sing Flower of Scotland. 
I wrote National Anthem, which is a great one, you know. They, they wrote Scotland, which is a tremendous country, which the history is fantastic, you know. To me, it's the best country in the world. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Uh, I mentioned that David um, had, you know, he was talking about the methadone program uh, costing a lot of money and only people who benefit are pharmacies. Stop the, abolish the methadone racket. That was his comment. And I said, what would you do then uh, with the the people who were dependent on methadone? And he says, David here, he's come back in, which is great. Uh, thank you for reading out my text regarding your concern, what would happen to the addicts that need methadone, which of course is a header heroin substitute. Give them heroin under controlled conditions at a bespoke building, at a clinic, or build a clinic for this purpose. Police, courts, doctor surgeries, they're overwhelmed with drug-related crimes and issues. Politicians need to address this costly epidemic. Thank you, David, for that. Okay. Um, Andy says there are a couple of people across from me. They are on methadone, but have never taken drugs. Really? They're alcoholics, okay? I, I didn't know that was used for alcoholism, and I'm not sure if you're correct, Andrew, but if you're wrong, then someone will no doubt tell us. Uh, a relevant quote, Ali. There is no need to go searching for a remedy for the evils of the time. The remedy already exists. It's the gift of oneself to those who have fallen so low that even hope fails them. Open wide your heart. Thank you very much for that. Right, OK. Uh, you're having your say. That's what we like. Um, if you want to get in touch, here's the text number. Quite a lot are coming out in text at the moment. Uh, text 61054. Start your message with Ali. Uh, you can give us a call. 033-2020-401. And the email address is ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk. Hashtag Scotland's talking if you're a twit. Um, Dr Chalmers is a way out, says, is way out, says Jimmy Gardner at Cruden Bay. A lion rampant is Scotland's monarch royal standard. It is not as British as the Union flag, a disgraceful comment. And he didn't check, did he? Well, um, I don't know. I, 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 he is an expert, and I've tried to get back to him there, but unfortunately uh, I can't get a hold of uh, Dr Chalmers just at that time round there. But I would like to get his answer on that one, Jimmy, so we'll try and pursue that one. OK? Uh, Liz says, It doesn't bother me what flags are flying. I think they're more important things that need to be addressed. OK, thanks for that. As I say, keep them coming in. Um, more comments here that uh, I, I worked for, oh, here's one for Mr Findy. I worked for first bus in Glasgow and was abused and stones thrown at windows, smashed. Says uh, it was um, uh, quite scary at times. And again, this is going back to one of the subjects we've been talking about today, and that is, um, is Scotland uh, an angry nation? Uh, we're talking about that uh, um, the fact that one of the MSPs is putting this through to the government, uh, have we got an anger management problem? So it's not just shop staff that I was talking about. It's talking about the medic medical staff and, indeed, uh, bus drivers, people working in railway stations, etc. If you work out in the public, you seem to be up there to get abused. Norman, how are you? I'm very well, and I apologise for any insult that I have given in the past. I just want to talk about about the the the, the flag. Um, I was brought up with the Union flag. The Union flag was created, uh, I believe, after the Union of the Crowns when James VI of Scotland 
um, and first of England, joined Scotland and England. So it was a Scottish king that um, caused the United Kingdom. And I think that the the flag, the the Union flag, is the flag that 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 Britain should fly and should should um, recognise. There's recently been a referendum in of all places, New Zealand on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. to do away with the Union flag. And it was overwhelmingly um, voted in favour to keep the Union flag as part of the flag of, of New Zealand. So I think that you, let's unite this country instead of dividing it anymore. It's been divided enough, Ali. Um, Let's keep just keep the the union flag and stop arguing about the lion rampant and 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 the saltire and just have the union flag flying on all occasions, showing that we are the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland, just like the United States. But what of America. Is, what is wrong, Norman? If you you know why can't we um, fly the union flag? And a Scottish flag. What what is wrong with that? Surely we should be proud to be Scottish as well as as you are proud to be part of the United Kingdom. There's nothing wrong with being proud with being Scottish, Ali. The only problem is that I live in Aberdeen, and when I in 2014 we had a referendum, and I drive around Aberdeen and I still see. Yes, stickers in windows, and the sole tire flag flying. Um, sorry, so t- taped to windows, mm-hmm. and I think it the sole tire now is being identified as the flag of the Scottish Nationalist Party. Right. Um, by many people, I don't believe the lion rampart is is being identified as being the flag of the Scottish National Party. I'm very proud of that flag. My father um, actually was on the first um, royal tour um, the Queen did, and they flew the royal standard, which includes the, the lion rampart. And we actually still have that flag, unfortunately, in a box rolled up in the house. But I'm very, very proud of that. But I don't think that the the saltire should be um should, I don't think the saltire should be identified as being the flag of Scotland because it's been identified as people as the flag of the Scottish Nationalist Party. Okay, thank you very much indeed, Norman. Uh, Sandy's in Dunfermline. Sandy, what do you want to talk about today? Hi, Ali. Yeah, it was, um, you brought up the topic of abuse of firefighters and nurses, etc., and uh, doing their duty. Yep. Um, basically, um, I was a firefighter for 31 years, and um, th- this problem's been going on going for uh, quite a number of years, Ali. Uh, from my own personal experience, I've had uh, fireworks, rockets uh, aimed at me along the deck, and, uh, and my colleagues. I've had bricks, stones everything thrown at me and, um, and, and at the end of the day we're only trying to do our job I, ju- I just don't get it I mean you're right when you say this has been going on for years but I've just never understood the mentality where somebody, uh, a firefighter or indeed um, the, the police or, or, or 
uh, ambulance personnel who are out there and going to jobs that they've been called to to help people. You know, I just exactly. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. Well, I, I, I can't speak for any frame of mind, obviously. Um, the, the problem being is that um, discipline, uh, self-discipline amongst... Uh, and it's not just young people either. Um, seems to be a problem. Mm. And uh, whilst they're, uh, they're very good at what the, the police have had to... We've actually been in areas where we needed a police escort before we actually got to the incident. And um, but in no time did the stop us doing our doing our job. Um, but the, the, the fact remains that the the, 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 the indiscipline, um, and unfortunately, it's a deeper issue. And I think it stems from um, how how people are brought up and how people uh, perceive uh, the the public services and the community. Very much so, and, and that respect has to be um, brought into raising your kids in, uh, in the home, isn't it? That, that's, basically, that's what you're saying. Absolutely, and um, we actually had a programme where we've been into schools and educated the kids about what we do and, um, and what to do in the event of fire, etc. And that's, that, that went down really well. Um, but um, unfortunately, the problems, if not... It's, it's not a lesson. If anything, it's exacerbated and got worse. Did, in, in the time that you were in the, the fire service and those incidents were taking place, Sandy, were, was there a, a, occasions that they were actually caught and prosecuted or did they just get away with it? Um, I, to my knowledge, I, I don't think there was anybody caught, certainly not prosecuted because we were never called as witnesses to, as to whatever happened. Obviously, the police took a statement, but uh, uh, mostly it happens around the, the worst time of the year. It happens is around about bonfire time when you um, attend uh, unauthorised, um, shall we say, displays mm. and uh, bonfires, and um, the police would or residents would call us out to uh, to put these out, and uh, that, that's when quite a lot of the abuse would happen. Um, unfortunately. Uh, as we said, we're only trying to do our job, and um, public fires can be a nuisance to everybody and, and also a danger to um, other people. Sandy, thank you very much indeed for coming on and give us your experience. 14 minutes away from 12. Some more comments coming in, and this one's from Willie Watson. There he says, all this nonsense about not flying the Union flag. It's the flag of our country. Our soldiers fought and died under it. It's only the Nats here in Scotland that want it removed. You had your referendum and lost. Get over us. We're all born under a Union flag, British and proud of it. Thank you very much indeed, William. Uh, one in from John, he says, Hi, Ali. Re-society abuse, maybe we have brought this attitude on ourselves with this lack of discipline and any consequences of irresponsible actions. Do we need to be making perpetrators face up to the consequences of their action, hoping they might see the error of their ways and become better people? Thank you, John. Well, that's what I was getting you when I was asking uh, Sandy there if... Uh, if anybody had been prosecuted, because maybe that's it. You know, if they're throwing bricks at uh, firefighters or stones at firefighters, and then they can just run away and get away with it, because obviously um, the police are thinking, well, it's not worth our time taking them to court, etc., etc., uh, then they are getting away with it. Thank you, anyway. Uh, here's one that says, um, Ali, I think they should make... Uh, 
people pay for their methadone, and that would save money. That comes from Danny. It would save money, but uh, would it cause more problems than it would solve? Uh, here's another one um, that says... Uh, Cut their dole money, yes, and they got on a, mo- a methadone programme without any problem. Oh, I see, if they get the dole money cut, right, Andy? I'm not sure where you're getting to there, but uh, thanks for that. And let's go to John. John, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, it's just uh, to add to what's been said about the attacks on health services. Right, um, yeah, good. I have to be uh, a wee bit careful, I said, I'm still involved in this, um, in the schools schools at the moment. Um, right. Children are basically just allowed to run about and do what they want. There's no discipline put on them. I mean, I've had colleagues who've had some uh, awful things happen to them. Their tires have been slashed, constant sort of physical and verbal abuse, and nothing ever happens to these children. And uh, the point is that they're then going out into society and attacking these health professionals, the fire brigade workers, the nurses, Everything like that because they—that's what's been thrown at them. They think they can do it, mm-hmm. and they're getting away yeah. with it. Well, absolutely. Um, where I work at the moment, there's a, a policy of lower exclusions. They seem to think this is going to work. All it's doing is just, as I say, drumming into these children, and they're young, impressionable children. It's getting drummed into them that it's fine. You know, if you hurl abuse at somebody, that's fine. You know, it's. What is? Okay, I don't want to say. No, Joe. What What is that for? For those who, including me, who don't know, what does a lower exclusion exclusion mean? Exclusion. Well, it means that um, every year there's say 400 people getting excluded from a certain school. Councils right. have put a policy that they want that half. Now right. that's regardless of whether the behaviour gets better or anything. They want less people to be excluded. So the behaviour is staying exactly the same. There's less people being excluded, so you're not getting removed from school for what you used to. You see, so it just drips into these children. Ah, you can do what they want here. So, the, so effectively, um, they're being told to half it. So the the, mm-hmm. te- the teachers or the head teachers are working to targets to half it. So they they have to Pretty think much, yeah. they have to think twice before excluding somebody. Then absolutely. Well, when I started this job or 20 odd years ago things that you would definitely get excluded for you you no longer get excluded for definitely not just well simple thing maybe when we were at school in the dim and distant past alley you would never dream of telling your teacher to f off mm-hmm. i can assure you it's a regular occurrence now every single day and does exclusion work um it may not change the behavior of certain individuals but it certainly gives the other children in the, in the class a break. It gives the teachers a break. It lets us go on with the teaching. You know, so there's, none of that's really looked at. But as I say, the, it also tells the children that there's a line in the sand. You can't cross it. Mm-hmm. They, they leave school and they've never been told no. And they, they go out into the wide world and they're just carrying on their behaviour. You know, it's... I really don't know where we go with that. No, there isn't an answer, is there? John, the, the answer here is I've run out of time. Thank you very much indeed for your calls today. This has been Scotland's Talking. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. You're listening to Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talking.